You're tuned in to Steelers Saturday on your 24-7 home for the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Now here's Tom Offerman, Jacob Recht, and Kellen Gursky. On this episode of the Steelers Standard, we'll continue to react to the news of Marquise Pouncey's retirement. What does this mean for the Steelers' cap situation? Most importantly, what does it mean for Big Ben and the decision that looms about him returning in 2021? But before we do all of that, we got to get into what we know for a fact, and that is that this team needs a starting center, and I don't think it's on the roster as we sit here talking right now, boys. Uh, I don't think J.C. Hassenhauer is going <laughs> to step in and fill those Marquise Pouncey shoes. So now you either have to look out onto the open market that's a lot of problem because the cap is a really messy situation for the Steelers right now. Or the more likely route, in my mind, you got to look in the draft somewhere in these top three rounds to pick your center that you want to replace, Marquise Pouncey. And I know I've been really high on picking a running back, especially if Harris or Etienne are there in the first round when the Steelers pick at 24. But Pouncey's retirement becoming official has kind of made things a little bit more real for me. And it might be the best move to just play it safe and pick the best center available to you at the 24th pick in the draft. Yeah, and I'm kind of – when we did that, uh, the the draft simulator, when we did it on, on Steelers Saturday, um, that was one of the things that we talked about. You know, we said this is all kind of predicated on what happens with Marquise Pouncey. And, and if Pouncey did decide to hang it up when we were doing that, we said – this might change some things. I, I will still say that uh, I know this isn't exactly where we're going, but if one of those two big running backs are available, I think it would be pretty hard to pass one of those guys up. There's depth at the center position too. So yeah. it's not out of the question to get a guy in the second round right. and start at right. center it, in the 2021 season. Exactly. I mean, I, I think that you could possibly get away with maybe taking, um, say, Landon Dickerson from Alabama. He's like the third best center on the board. You could get him at, but that's the best in one the they second round. To be there, right? Yeah, right around there. So, I mean, yes, you're, you know, it's not Creed Humphrey from Oklahoma. That kid's a beast. Um, and, and if he's there, you know, at 24, which he probably will be, centers don't normally get taken too high. Um, that would be a good guy to, to have for the next, you know, however many years and kind of continue that tradition of great Steelers centers. Um, but again, we, we talked about it and we, we wondered, we speculated, you know, if if Pounce does hang it up, does that change the way they draft or does that change the way they think moving forward for the season? And, and I think it does um, just because of the fact that, hey, you don't have a starting capable center on your team right now. It, it's not going to be J.C. Hassenhauer. It's, it's just not. Um, he's not a, he's not a starter um, and only started last year because of injury. So, um, you know, it, it was I don't know. I think. I don't. I just look at it, and I think now that center is probably priority number one. Um, like I said, you could talk me into drafting a running back if one of the two big guys are still there, ETN or Harris are still there. But if you can go get Creed Humphrey from Oklahoma and kind of continue that great lineage of Steelers yeah. centers, I think that's what you got to go do. It would I, I almost really be do. poetic for 10 years, yep. 11 years later, taking a center again in the first round. Right. And what, hopefully it works out like Pouncey, and he's here for a decade of all-pro Hall of Fame level play. And what, Pouncey was taking, what, 18th overall, 18th I believe overall, it was. Yes. So, um, And that's one thing, too. I don't think there's a Pouncey necessarily in this draft, which leads me to believe that, you know, hey, even if you don't take one – in the first round, you might be able to get a good one in the second round, and I think that could be something that works out for the Steelers. But again, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Um, but yeah, I think center is a much bigger priority than than we originally thought. 
one thing that we touched on in previous episodes on this show was the possibility of going out and getting a free agent center, uh, specifically Corey Lindsley from Green Bay. And there is going to be a span of about five to six weeks in between the start of free agency and the draft. So if in that time, if the Steelers somehow manage to go out and get Lindsley, uh, we're not saying it's a likelihood, but if it does happen, then you kind of really free yourself up. Obviously, you know you're gonna have to. The pay picture th- becomes more clear, that's right? For sure. you're, you're gonna have to pay the guy, and that'll be that'll be money out of your pocket. But the draft picture definitely becomes more clear. It's just a question of will they be willing to go and do so? Because, as we all know, earlier today there was a big free agent, J.J. Watt, uh, who hit the market, and there's a a lot of discussion floating around about him. So if the Steelers legitimately want to pursue J.J., there's really no chance they could go out and get Corey Lindsley. So you're then turning back to the draft to look for your next guy. There really might be no chance of them going out and getting either of them. Yeah. Because the cap situation, and we're going to get to this later in this episode, but the cap situation is just a mess. Even Pouncey retiring did. It helped somewhat, but it barely put a dent into the the bigger problem for them. So I think the free agency route, I like Corey Lindsley, but it's just probably going to be a little too rich for the Steelers' blood this year. So I I think you got to look into that draft and – hope that one of these stud centers either falls into the second round like a Landon Dickerson and you can take him there, or you pull the trigger on a Creed Humphrey and pick him in the first round. But I think that would kind of be a reach, honestly, to pick Creed Humphrey. He's ranked 49th overall right right now of Pro Football Network's mock draft for prospects. So those are both guys that you could probably see in the second round. And I just did a quick simulation of a first round in front of me just to kind of see where the lay of the land would be. And Etienne is there at 24. So... I keep flip-flopping back and forth, and I understand that about running back or center now because Pouncey leaving, but there is a lot of depth in this draft. I'll just say that. So I wouldn't be that upset, go running back first round, take center in the second round, and expect the center in the second round to be your starter because Kellen's right. It probably is the bigger need now, center, because look at the tackles. Yeah, they don't know who's going to start, but at least you have starting capable tackles still on the roster between Banner and Filer. The guards, DeCastro, yeah, he's on the back nine of his career, but he's still going to get the chance to start, and you know Dotson's going to start at the other guard. So at least you have options on the roster already for the other four spots in the line. Center, there is no one there. So do you take a reach on a Creed Humphrey? I wouldn't be upset if they did that. I wouldn't be outraged. But I think the gamble would probably be to take that running back and then hope that Creed Humphrey and Landon Dickerson are still there in the second round when you pick. Yeah, and I, again, like I'm, I'm glad that you kind of said that I might have the right way of thinking. And again, who knows? Because that's a long way away. We still have time to think about that. Um, but one thing that that Stan brought up this week on his show, um, he mentioned this, and I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily the right way, but it might be another interesting conversation in that free agent market. And I know that um, the cap space isn't exactly ideal. Um, He mentioned a guy like BJ Finney, who I know they sent to Seattle. And a lot of people said he put a lot of weight on, he was out of shape, that sort of thing. And that's not necessarily a great uh, endorsement, (laughs) but I mean, he did play here and he wasn't bad by any stretch of the imagination. Like if you could get a stopgap guy, maybe like that. And I don't know his contract situation with Seattle or if it was just a one year deal or whatever it was. But if you could bring that guy in just for a year and maybe have a, a, you know, I don't know, a second round pick or somebody learn behind that guy or maybe even half the year, then he becomes your starter halfway down the halfway down the year. 
that could be a good situation too. I'm not necessarily saying that's the move that the Steelers have to make, but that's another option that they might have. A guy like that who has been with the system that kind of knows it, that's been on the line. I think that is maybe a way they go, but I lean more towards drafting for it and then working for it that way other than bringing a guy in. But like I said, Finney at least knows the system and has has at least played here before. And he wasn't bad here in Pittsburgh by any stretch. I I think the biggest point to make if you want to consider bringing back Finney is, is Ben's relationship. I think even though, even though Finney has been here, the more important thing to mention about him being here is the fact that Ben knows him. Ben, Ben is a guy who really, builds trust with certain people and the more trust you build with Ben the more likely he is to turn to you so if the Steelers do ask maybe I mean we we talked about this in a prior episode about front offices including their quarterbacks and free agency moves and I'm sure Ben's been included in a lot over the years but if the Steelers say to Ben hey what would you think about bringing back Finney he said well that's you know he, he's not Marquise, but he's a guy that I know, you know and, I got, and a guy I'm, a, I'm familiar with and a guy I'm comfortable with. So I don't know, Kellen. I, I think it's more likely they go after someone in the draft, rather specifically Finney. But a big a big boost to the possibility of Finney coming, if, he, if he's even interested in coming back, is, yeah, I mean, I know Ben, and Ben knows me. And that's really important when it comes to Ben Roethlisberger. Well, bringing Finney back, bringing in Corey Lindsley, all this stuff mm-hmm. is – just going to be speculation if right, they sure. can't get the cap in a situation that can be beneficial to them going out and spending some well, actual money. I don't know if Finney would do much damage. Yeah, they're still over, though, so they still have to get somewhat under. Sure. They're going to bring back a couple guys that they are in-house, that right. are, so they got to f- make sure they have enough room to do that, and then go out and get a guy like Finney. Yeah, Finney's not going to do much damage at all, but you, you still got to get to the point where you can even make that kind of a signing. Right. Uh, Pouncey retiring does help a little bit with the cap. Uh, he was set to account against about $14 million of the cap this year. Uh, $6 million of that will now be dead money, so the Steelers will get $8 million back mm-hmm. in their pockets. That's, so that is a plus. That's a big plus. They're still about $24 million over the cap, just yeah. about over $24 million. If Ben could take a pretty decent cut, that's going to bring it pretty close to even. He's counting against $41 million for the cap right now. If he can bring that down to like 25 or something like that, then all of a sudden you're in striking distance. You make a cut of maybe like a Vince Williams or a, a difficult cut of Joe Hayden. You're right at the, the the cap at that point. And then you can start to restructure some contracts to free up some money to go out and spend on some people. So Pouncey definitely helped head in the right direction, but they still got to do more to to get that cap into a reasonable range. And I mentioned Ben trying to rework that deal, and we still haven't heard about that. We yeah. were supposed to li- find out this week they were supposed to meet and come to an agreement on the contract. And I don't want to worry at all, but the longer that it drags out, especially with Vance McDonald retiring and now Marquis Pouncey retiring, Big Al's probably going to walk. All of Big's, Big Ben's friends and buddies on this team are, are starting to fall away, and he's all of a sudden the only one standing. The longer that this drags out this meeting and this restructuring of this contract to reduce his cap hit, the more worrisome it is that I don't think Ben might be a lock to come back in 2021. Yeah, and I think that's something that isn't being talked about a ton, and I think that's something that, again, do I think, you know, I'm not saying that we're panicked here by any stretch, but I do think that that's something that needs to be talked about a little bit. Like, 
we were all under the assumption that this was supposed to happen this week. Yeah. And and again, I don't know if you know this partly was because maybe Ben knew that uh, Pounce was going to retire early and he didn't want to interfere with that. That might be a possibility. Um, but I do think the longer this goes on, I think it's going to be more of a worry for Steeler fans and for the Steelers in general. Um, because, you know, a lot of people seem to think that this was going to be a done deal, that Ben was coming back 100%. But as you mentioned, Tom, with all of his buddies leaving, you know, like like Pounce, I mean, Pouncey and Ben were, were the best of friends. And Pouncey said, I remember he said, as long as Ben's still here, I plan on being here. And the question always was, is it the same way in Ben's head? Is the second that Pouncey leaves, is he going to leave? And I think, you know, maybe that's starting to weigh on Ben a little bit. Um, you know, you mentioned all the linemen that are leaving. You talk about Juju Smith-Schuster, one of the only receivers that he's um, been comfortable throwing to and has had over the last handful of years. He's not going to be here probably. Yeah, that's not a done deal, but he's probably Most not going to be here. Um, Most so, likely. So, again, it's it's going to be a new-look kind of team, um, to Ben at least. And, and, again, like I keep talking about, you have to think about the future whether or not Ben's coming back this next year or not, you have to start thinking about, yes, it's great to have Ben back, but we got to think about the next three years after Ben retires, which is probably going to be after this year. Um, So I just wonder, like you said, Tom, is this weighing on Ben a little bit like thinking, man, I'm not so sure anymore. I'm going to have a new center snapping me the ball. And I wonder too, what is that relationship going to be like if they do get bring a rookie in, a rookie snapping to Ben? Is Ben, you know what I mean? Is that going to be that same comfortability? Of course not. Uh, ben has had Marquise for as long as, you know, for what, 11 years now. Um, so I don't know. I do think that it's a, it's a I'm not saying it's, a, it's something to panic over, no. but I think it's something that you need to start thinking about a little bit. You need to start asking the question, does this mean something else? Is there a bigger thing at work here? Yeah, definitely a raise of the eyebrows. I definitely, sure. yeah, of course. I think we can all agree on that. The one reason I would say that I'm a little confident that Ben would stay, and and it has nothing to do with the guys leaving. It's the fact that when we saw that Browns playoff loss a, about a month and a half ago or so, when Ben was talking in his post game press conference, the way he talked about Marquise was a lot different from the way he talked about himself. Right, people were asking about the the little sit down the two of them had on the bench on the Steelers sideline at the end of the game for a good amount of time, and and Ben's Ben's comments were, I feel really bad that he has to go out this way, and he never said anything similar to the way he was going out. It always there was a sense of I'm gonna return, and that's what that's the that's the one thing I'm 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 banking on right now, is that is to keep myself guaranteed or confident that. Ben could come back next year. Now, we didn't we didn't see this coming where Pouncey leaves and Big Al leaves and Vance McDonald retires. That's a whole different story. We were talking about just solely the relationship between Ben and Marquise, but with all these other guys going, it does raise room for a concern. But I, I still think the way that Ben talked about Marquise in that postgame press conference, it was a given that going into that postseason, this was going to be Marquise's last and Ben was going to do everything he could to get him a ring. And even though it didn't happen, Ben was saying those those words in the tone of this is Marquise's last season, but not necessarily mine. Yeah, and I completely agree with all of that. And I think Ben wants to come back. I think it's just a matter of the money working as far as he's concerned. And, I just don't understand what, this... what has postponed this meeting so long. 
that's that's the re- that's the area of which I am mostly concerned. Well, we had Dale on uh, the Mark Madden show earlier today, and he said, you know, you want to sit back and not make a rash decision after such a tough playoff yeah. loss that maybe they're just taking a, uh, the time needed to decompress, make sure that neither side makes a snap decision that they're going to regret later on. But I think enough time has passed by now, and if you're coming back and if you're in the mindset, if Ben, if you're Ben Roethlisberger and you're in the mindset of okay, I want to come back. You'd want to get this thing done ASAP. You'd want to be in there, already moved on, turning the page from last year, and I'm looking ahead to 2021 and how can we get back to the playoffs and win a playoff game and make a Super Bowl run in 2021. So if it is the fact that you know they don't want to rush into things because they're still emotional after the loss, well, then maybe that's a little bit of an indicator to Big Ben that it's time to maybe hang it up and, and walk away. And if you put yourself in Ben's shoes – everything around you seems like the writing's on the wall for you to retire. It Mm -hmm. just seems like this is exactly the way it would go. If 10 years ago you were going to imagine, okay, what would have to happen for me to hang it up? I think all of this would have to happen. My center Marquise would retire. I would have be on a team that doesn't really have that much cap room. It's a team in transition really. And I just think that everything around big Ben is pointing towards retirement. I don't think he's going to retire. I think he is still going to come back and they're going to be able to work things out. But there is now at least more of a question mark to it than before Marquise Pouncey officially announced his retirement and this meeting was delayed because it's not happening this week, apparently. Right. And I do like you. I think the thing that just resonated the most with me there, Tom, was like that the writing is on the wall for Ben. And I think, um, you know, I think a lot of people maybe are. are I guess a little bit too critical saying that Ben, you know, flat out needs to go and he needs to hang it up. And I mean, I guess I can understand because of, you know, like you said, there is that writing on the wall. And I think a lot of people are understanding that and are seeing that, that this team that, you know, Ben used to be the the face of and the face of the franchise is changing. And that's just kind of how time works, right? That's just how right. that's uh, what happens when you're a quarterback for the same team for 18. Right. Years. That, that's I mean, that's just how a dynasty works. That's how teams work. That's how sports work. That, that's just how it goes. Things change, and I think maybe Ben's understanding that, and maybe that's what's led to this. I'm not saying that's what it is, but I do think that that writing is on the wall a little bit. Like, hey, um, this isn't the team that I thought that was going to be back, right? I mean, we, you know, after this game. Um, I think all of us were thinking that uh, the Steelers are just going to run back 2020. But all of a sudden, it doesn't seem like 2020 is going to be run well, back the same way. there's some key pieces. Marquise retiring right. and Juju and Bud most definitely walking in free agency. Those are three contributors to the 2020 season that aren't going to be back. Right. But he still has a lot of big pieces from the, a couple of years. You still have TJ. You still have the number one captain of that defense, Cam Hayward. You're basically unfamiliar with the entire receiving core. That's tough. Although I don't know you weren't that, that unfa- you weren't that familiar with it last year either. I don't know about that. This will be his third year, not necessarily Second throwing the year. ball, not necessarily throwing the ball because he was out for a whole year. But he's been with James Washington for four years now. This will be his fourth. He'll be with Deontay Johnson for a third, and he'll be with Chase Claypool, who we played the entire season with last year for two. So it's not necessarily he's a he's a ghost or he's totally unfamiliar with the, these guys. I mean, James Washington has been in the league for four years now. That's a decent amount of time. He was there before Ben had his season-ending injury. But it is telling that Ben was pretty vocal about how he wants Juju back. Yeah. So it's clear that there is a guy in that receiving core that – he values at least over the other four, at least at this point. So he's going to have to find another one that's going to fill that role as the quote-unquote go-to guy for him when 
you need to get a third and four, or, or you're at the goal line and you need just a couple yards of of tough yardage to get into the end zone. So there's just going to be adjustments around him in the entire offense. Uh, other than Ben and, and his cap restructuring, some other things that the Steelers can do to try to reduce this cap hit that's been floated around is reworking the deals with Steph Tuitt and Cameron Hayward to try to push their hit down the road a little bit. I'm I'm happy about that. I would definitely look into doing that. Uh, cutting Vince Williams has been a very popular take around town. And look, I get it. He's probably reached his full potential, and he's going to start going on that downhill slope now towards the back half of his career. But you're so paper thin at inside linebacker, and he really has played well the past two seasons that I get that you probably need to make this cut, and you know, making these kind of cuts is never easy. They're supposed to be hard. But I just would try my best to bring a guy like that back for at least another season next to Devin Bush because if you cut Vince Williams, yeah, you're going to free up some cap. You'll probably sprinkle that around to bring a guy back like maybe a Sutton or a Hilton, and then you can use some of that too to help with the Watt extension that you absolutely have to get done. But you're going to leave yourself thin at inside linebacker. So then if you cut Vince Williams, does that mean you're going to start to look at drafting an inside linebacker in the second or third round now, whereas before you didn't even think about that until maybe the fifth or sixth round? I don't know. I think that one definitely is a tougher one to do. Another one that they could do that would be even more beneficial to the cap is cutting Joe Hayden. But I would think they might lean towards keeping both corners if they can and moving on from a guy like Vince Williams if they were posed to make that decision. Yeah, and I mean, if you if you had to make one of those, if like you know you put a gun to my head and you said you had to make one decision, you either cut Hayden or you cut. Uh, Vince Williams, I, I think I would personally, I would lean more towards Vince just because of the fact that, like you said, he's probably on the back end of his career now. He has played very well. And um, but again, you have to you have to make tough decisions before guys really start declining. And because when they really start declining, it they, really starts hurting your team. Yeah, they it hit really, that wall hard. Yeah. And it really starts hurting the on the field product. And, and that's something that you can kind of control. Um, and I mean, that's kind of. Uh, not to make a hockey analogy here, but that's the best thing that the Jim Rutherford did when he was the GM of the Penguins. You know, you, you trade guys before they lose their value, and I or, or you you know get rid of guys before they lose their value. And I think that's something that you could you could do here is that you could save money with any one of these guys that um, you know that maybe are, are getting on the back end of their career. Yes, they still might be playing well, but those are decisions you have to make when you're in the cap situation that the Steelers are in. Um, but I think Vince is probably the best one. And then maybe you go out and get an inside guy, um, you know, in the draft. But like you said, Tom, that's tough too when you think about it because they are paper thin at the inside linebacker spot. Um, you know, if you'd have told me that, that Robert Spillane would be a key hog to the linebacking core at the beginning of last year, <laughs> I probably would have told you you were nuts. Yeah, um, you but, can't make him the starter. But, but do, he, you guys right. like, do you guys like Spillane and... As a backup, yes. And, as a backup, as two but, backups, yes. But but the backups in the secondary are maybe even more questionable than guys like Spillane and Avery Williamson. That's fair. So either way, you're basically going to cut off your nose to spite your face. Yeah. It's, right. it's it's a tough place for the Steelers I'm to be in. More and you want to run back 2020, right? But right. it's really hard to do that, as we've been illustrating in this episode and our past episodes. I'm more confident in Spillane and Highsmith and sorry and Avery Williamson personally. But the ceiling's higher on a guy like Justin Lane. Sure. Because he still has something to but prove. From what we saw, I mean, we didn't get a large sample size last year. We obviously a lot saw a lot more Spillane and Williamson, but 
from what we saw of Lane, it just wasn't exactly what you would would, would have liked to see. It wasn't Burns, but it wasn't. It wasn't, great. and it it would have it would have been great if whatever he put out there was the same level as Spillane and Williamson, because I think those two outperformed him, even though it was a different position. But if, even if he had performed up to their level, maybe you're a little, maybe the the decision to get rid of Joe Hayden is a little easier on you because I think you're more thin, thinly stretched at the secondary and at the cornerbacks and safeties than you are an inside linebacker. Both the depth of the inside linebacker class and, and the cornerback class is pretty similar. Um, there's a ton of linebackers and cornerbacks available all the time yeah. in the NFL draft. And <laughs> right. You can certainly grab one in the middle round and it could turn into gold without question, uh, but the best ones always go in the top 15. Mm -hmm. I mean, any game-breaking corner or linebacker is going to go in the top 20 of the draft. So don't know if they can really replace a guy with a superstar at those positions. So if I had to choose then at that point, I would probably cut Vince Williams because I think Joe Hayden and Steve Nelson, Steve Nelson definitely, but I think Joe Hayden is playing at a higher level than Vince Williams is still at this yeah. point in his career. So and I think he's got more of an impact on the defense because, like you said, when Hayden went out, we saw a drop-off because Justin Lane just couldn't fill those shoes. But when uh, Vince, Vince Williams, Williams had to down. miss some time, Devin Bush was out for the year, Williamson or uh, Spillane were able to just step in. And I don't want to say they didn't miss a beat, but it was, <laughs> right. it was very – the drop-off wasn't as noticeable as it was when Hayden had to sit on the sideline. And, and I think that's, you know, kind of to your point about how, you know, you could find another linebacker if you really needed to. And I think Spillane is the perfect example. He's a guy from Western Michigan, a Mac guy, and not, you know, saying anything bad about the Mac or anything like that. But that's the type of guy that you can find. And, and maybe he's a better, you know, player when it's all said and done than Spillane. But – I think that goes to your point, Tom, that you can find those types of guys later in drafts and they can help you. And I think you have one in Robert Spillane. So why can't you think that maybe you could find a guy just like him or a guy that could play up to his same level um, or even better because you already have it? Well, if the Steelers, like I said, are going to run back 2020, they've got a lot of work and money crunching to do to make sure that the cap works out in their favor so that they can bring back the key members of the team that they want for the 2021 campaign. But that's going to do it for this episode of Steelers Standard. On the next episode, there was some big news in the NFL today. A big-time player who is absolutely going to the Hall of Fame one day was released from his franchise. He is now on the open market. Will the Steelers be kicking a the kicking the tires on him? And we'll also look at the rest of the free agency class as well. Maybe look around the NFL at some other headlines, too. That will be on the next episode of Steelers Standard. Thanks for listening to this one on Steelers Nation Radio. You can catch the podcast at Steelers.com. For Kellen Gursky and Jacob Brecht, I'm Tom Opperman. Thanks, as always, for listening.